What is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. This week on the podcast, we have nothing in 4K Spotlight to discuss. In Through the Wall, we did have the Super Bowl come out, so there were a few trailers that got released there. Uh, we're only going to talk about one, uh, and that's going to be the Flash trailer. Uh, we'll talk about why we're not discussing the other ones that got released, but yeah, so we'll be discussing that trailer, and then we'll be getting into this week's headliner, where we where we will be breaking down Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, so with that, let's say we get into it. Let's do it. Every day, we're surrounded by media, books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Alrighty, jumping straight into Through the Wall. Uh, the Super Bowl came out this past week, um, as of when we were recording. Um, but the real question is, Caleb, did you watch it? <laughs> Not a single second of it. <laughs> Dude, you? I only started... No, I didn't watch any of it. But I, I will admit, I was checking Google uh, towards like the ending uh, just to see if my, uh, bo- uh, my boss's team was going to win. <laughs> they did not. It's like just to see what kind of mood he's going to be in the next day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, dude, I honestly didn't know that it was the Super Bowl until everyone was like talking about the trailers and like getting super hyped. And I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I can't even escape it in my work. Um, because, yeah, everyone's just like, oh, who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? I'm just like, I could give two shits about sports. So. I don't care who wins. I'm not watching it. Yeah, we don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one thing that we do kind of give a damn about uh, are some of the trailers that got released. There was a decent amount of trailers. Nothing that gave us too much to go off of. Um, I mean, there were some that I was really excited for, like the uh, Indiana Jones one. Uh, I still have not watched that one yet. Really? Not even the new yeah. one? Yeah, I don't I don't know why what's um why I haven't yet. I don't hmm. know what's holding me back. Yeah, it didn't give too much story stuff, like it's just basically stuff we've already discussed before. Okay. Um Dungeons and Dragons, kind of the same deal. Dude, I dude, I swear, um when I go because I think Christina wants to go see that movie. I feel I'm gonna be the person like just leaning over to her like every every couple minutes being like 
What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Who's that? Because I have no idea what the hell Dungeons and Dragons is. I have nothing against it. I just don't know what... I've never played the game. Know nothing about it. So, I'm be so freaking lost in that movie. I don't know if you would be. Because, I mean, they have to... More or less, they have to pander to audience members that don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. At least I Touché. feel like they would. Touche. Um, I know a decent amount about Dungeons and Dragons. That's just because I listen to a few uh, D&D podcasts. Mm. And I like what I do know is that they do have like books. Like Dungeons and Dragons have books, and it's like campaigns that you can play through. Okay. Um, but I I know a lot of dungeon masters create their own games, so it's like not really something that's set in stone. It's more just they create their own worlds and just use the the D and D gameplay uh, mechanics to. Like play through the story and like the the game. Okay, interesting. So I mean, they'll use like their monsters occasionally, or just like if there's a shop, like what kind of items are in the shop. Like they'll they'll use like bits and pieces, but for the most part, Dungeons and Dragons is pretty like open source. So there's hmm. not like one set storyline or whatever. Like and like at least from what I gather, like even if you play the same campaign a couple or a few times in a row, each adventure will be different from the last. So it's, Okay, it's, interesting. Yeah, so like it seems like a really cool game. I'd love to get into it, but it's just, it's just a time suck and I that is one thing I'm lacking very heavily is time. That yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um I hope eventually I'll be able to make time for it, but as of right now, not in the cards for me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, like that trailer got released. It wasn't anything new, um, just kind of more of the same beats, just a couple extra scenes. Uh, same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. Super excited for that. Just gave us maybe a, a couple more bonus stuff. Uh but the trailer that we're going to talk about today is for The Flash. And this gave us a significant amount of new stuff. And oh my hell, dude. Dude, right? Dude, the DC fan base is really conflicted right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they don't want to go and support Ezra Miller... But the movie looks freaking dope. It 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 does. Um, I mean, yeah, I I don't know what to say about Ezra Miller. Uh, they are just uh, they are just something else. Like seriously, I I don't understand what goes through their head. I don't understand one bit what's going through Ezra's head, but. For the time being, he is the Flash in this movie, and uh, I guess we just have to get that through our heads and just deal with it. I'm hoping that they will be replaced. I really hope so. 
Um, they're they're for sure getting replaced. Like yeah, no no freaking doubt about that. It sucks because I actually really liked their their portrayal of the character. Um, I had very the only problem I had wrong with Ezra's portrayal was the running, and it seems like they fixed that in this movie. It doesn't look like he's sorry. It doesn't look like they are running that way anymore, which I'm grateful for because that was such a stupid way to run. Yeah, yeah, but. But the the fact still stands. Ezra did some very sketchy, very shitty shit, and he deserves to. Sorry, they deserve to. They deserve to pay for that. So, but that should not destroy this movie because there's a lot to love in this movie besides he who shall not be named. <laughs> Shit, dude, it it's a tough, it's tough, but I mean, I'm still going to go see it regardless, and it's mostly because of the rest of the cast. I mean, we got freaking Ben Affleck in here uh, for a little bit, at least. Uh, freaking Michael Keaton is making his return as Batman in the most, I thought he was going to play old man Batman. He's like still in his freaking prime Batman. Dude, straight up. I am so freaking pumped to see Michael Keaton back as as Batman, dude. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I freaking squealed like a schoolgirl when he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Batman. I'm like, ah! He said the thing! <laughs> oh, oh, dude, same here. I did not expect him to actually say it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. That just got... Uh, my nerd side just all types of hyped. Uh, dude, I even got like super. I I nerded out when it was a uh, Barry and uh Ben Affleck's Bruce uh just chat chatting about the um him using like the, were they chatting about the Speed Force? I can't remember. I think he was. They were mostly discussing like talking about uh like changing time or messing that's with time. Was. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, I geeked out over the fact that Ben Affleck is back as Batman. That makes me so happy. It's the last time he'll be back as Batman, but you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, I will too. Um, dude, there was a lot in this movie that I was not expecting to see. Um, dude, I straight up didn't know that Supergirl was going to be in this movie. I knew Supergirl was going to be in it. Um, I didn't know Zod was coming back. Dude, he didn't know that? No. Oh, where the hell have you been? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, okay. If you're if you count the spoilers that I got from Funko, like I, I figured he was gonna be like a cameo. I didn't realize he was gonna be like a a big part of it. Oh yeah, okay. Alright. I take back my comment because yeah, I just thought he was gonna be a cameo. Yeah, but this seems like yeah. they're going through the the situation of uh of Man of Steel again. Like, yeah, holy does, yeah. shit. Yeah, dude, seriously. Like, this is gonna... This movie's gonna be sick, dude. Like, there's nothing that they showed throughout this entire trailer that I was upset about in the slightest. Dude, dude straight up. And even the V... I mean, I know it's still early, but even the VFX looks super good right now. Yeah, friggin' ridiculous. Dude, my favorite shot is whatever that scene was 
Um, and this is seriously just spoilers due to Funko. So if you want, don't want any of those, skip past a little bit. Um, there's a dark speedster uh, image that I'm assuming is the Dark Flash. Or at least that's what it's referred to on the Funko boxes. It's Dark Flash. Um, and they have this scene where they like back to back and they like slide and then they push off of each other's foot. Like that's that looked freaking tight. Favorite scene as well. It was so badass. Yeah, it's just I hope they do some really cool stuff with with Flash and his his speed. You know, this is going to be um, okay, really quickly. What do you think of the new suit? Oof. That's a tough sell. My same here because I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually loved the suit that he had in uh uh Justice League and I actually wish that he still had that suit. I think there's there's a certain charm to I think they just went a little too extravagant with it. Um and what I'm talking about is mostly due to like the boots where it seems like instead of it being solid boots it's like little armored pieces of boot. That's fair. Which I mean it's okay. I would have just preferred just a solid boot though. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with you. Um and then again, like it's just it's just a little rubbery. I think the lines are a little too bright. Or at least where it seems like it's like a glowing aura or light kind of going through him. Um the chest or his uh his emblem looks a little too bulky. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. It it's it's a tough sell. It is a really tough sell because yeah. it looks like it's a glass bulb. It does. And it it looks cool. Like, don't get me wrong, it looks freaking awesome. It's I just don't know how well it works for a suit. Yeah, no. Like I I almost would have preferred what they've done with uh like the Flash CW series where it's either just like a patch or like inlaid onto his suit. I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see what the, uh, some of the concept art for this movie. Cause I, I feel like flash is such a difficult character to get just spot on. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And I'm sure like working against the CW show isn't helping because he's changed his outfit multiple times like each season it feels like so it's like they i don't feel like they have too many places they can go because it's just like re-exploring old suits from cw yeah (laughs) so i think warner brothers kind of bit themselves in the ass with that one but i mean overall the movie looks freaking awesome so i'm it does i'm really hyped for this one. What are you sitting out for Hype Boys? Shit, I'm at a nine. Maybe nine and a half. Okay, damn. Mo- most of that's due to freaking Michael Keaton. I am so excited to see Michael Keaton. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah, what about you? 
I'm I'm actually a little lower. I'm at an eight. Um, I'll probably need like a second trailer to like get me to a nine or even maybe even a ten. Um, but no, I like what I've seen so far. Um, so definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, I I hope it's as good as they're claiming it is. Yeah, yeah. Didn't James Gunn say it's like one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen? Yeah. So I mean, if that's the case, it definitely feels like maybe that's why Warner Brothers hasn't been on har- as harsh on Ezra as they could be, because they're just like. We still need you to do some press stuff. Dude, I don't even know if they'll invite him on the press tour for this movie. I would be shocked if they do. Yeah. Um But I mean if it that's like my my big thing. It's just I don't know if they're going to if they need they just need him to stay out of the spotlight enough to like get this movie out <laughs> yes and then just pray that everyone overlooks all the the crazy shit mm-hmm. that they've done <laughs> oh so i i'm i'm very pumped and this was an excellent trailer like dude this wasn't like in the super bowl was it uh so it so they put it on youtube I think like an hour before the Super Bowl started, but it was included in the Super Bowl as well. Not the full two minutes, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Shit. Okay. Yeah. No. When they. Yeah. When. Yeah. Super. I feel like when it comes to like Super Bowl ads, it's like a whole different playing field because yeah, they they will um they will put like full length trailers. I know. Jeez, I thought they still had to pay for the time, like. Like everyone I mean, yeah, else does. Because do. yeah, everyone I mean, else I'm gets sure. like 30 seconds or, or so. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, DC and Marvel had to pay extra to show the full trailers for Guardians 3 and The Flash. Um, but it's always really good advertising because unless you, like, do not do sports at all like us, even if it's just watching it for the food, everyone's watching the Super Bowl, so everyone saw these trailers. True. But anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about the Flash? Uh, no, I got nothing. All right, me either. Um, so that will conclude this segment. So I say let's move on to this week's headliner, where we will be breaking down Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like we said, we will be breaking down Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is currently available on Netflix to stream at your leisure. Um, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. Uh, the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. 
Um, with this being an animated movie, the effects are going to kind of tie into animation, and costumes are going to be more uh, character design than anything. Um, but with that, if you have not seen Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, Rose is about to spoil the entire thing for you. Uh, so if you listen past this point and anything is spoiled for you, it is your own damn fault. Uh, damn right. So with that uh, comes our favorite segment that we like to call Reading with Rose. With two E's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. In Italy during World War II, the carpenter Geppetto, 20 years after losing his son Carlo to an aerial bombardment by Austro-Hungarian forces, cuts down a pine tree, which he uses to create a wooden boy in a fit of drunken rage but passes out. The wood sprite brings the puppet to life, christening christening I think I'm saying that right, christening him Pinocchio and assigns Sebastian J. Cricket to guide him as his conscience, promising Sebastian a wish in exchange. Geppetto wakes up to a living Pinocchio, but becomes terrified and fed up with his antics, resulting on the resulting in the village Podesta. I hope I said that right. Ordering Geppetto to send Pinocchio to school. On his way, Pinocchio is intercepted by showman Count Volpe and his monkey Spazzatore. I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher these names so bad. Spazzatore, I think that's how they say it, who bring Pinocchio to their circus. However, Geppetto arrives to take Pinocchio back, ensuing a confrontation between him and Volpe that ends with Pinocchio being fatally hit by a truck. In the afterlife, he meets the wood sprite's sister, Death, who explains to Pinocchio he is immortal and revives him when a hourglass empties, cautioning him that the more he dies, the more time he will spend in the afterlife. After returning to the mortal realm and having a heated argument with Geppetto, Pinocchio decides to earn money for Geppetto by performing in the circus as well as to avoid being conscripted into the Royal Italian Army during World War II by the Podesta. In an attempt to reinstate himself as the circus star, a jealous Spazzatora reveals to Pinocchio that Volpe is conning him out of the money he falsely promised to send to his father. Hearing this, Volpe viciously beats Spazzatora, upsetting Pinocchio, who tries to defend him. In order to sabotage Volpe, Pinocchio ridicules Benito, Mussol yeah, Benito Mussolini with a song at a performance who orders Pinocchio be executed and the circus burned. Once revived, Pinocchio finds himself being taken by the Podesta to a boot camp where other boys are trained to fight in the war. Pinocchio befriends the Podesta's son, Candlewick, who is scared of disappointing his father. After a training game between the two teams led by Pinocchio and Candlewick ends in a tie, the Podesta orders Candlewick to shoot Pinocchio. Candlewick refuses and finally stands up to his father. The training camp is then bombed by allied aircraft, killing the Podesta while Candlewick and the other boys flee. Pinocchio is captured by the Volpe, who tries to burn him to death as revenge for ruining his career. Spezzatora saves Pinocchio, resulting in Volpe falling off a seaside cliff to his death alongside Pinocchio and Spezzatora during a struggle with the monkey. Lost at sea, Pinocchio and Spezzatora are swallowed by a giant dogfish. Inside the monster's belly, Pinocchio and Spezzatora find Geppetto and Sebastian, who were also swallowed during their search for Pinocchio. Thanks to an idea by Sebastian, Pinocchio lies to make his nose grow into a large branch, thus forming a bridge leading out, out 
of the monster's blowhole, making their escape as the monster attempts to eat them again. Sorry, I did that. Wow, that was really bad. Sorry. Making their escape as the monster attempts to eat them again, Pinocchio sacrifices himself by de detonating a naval mine inside the monster, killing them both. Upon meeting death again, Pinocchio demands to be sent back early to save Geppetto from drowning. Death warns him that doing so will make him mortal, but Pinocchio breaks the hourglass to return and ends up drowning while saving his father. The wood sprite reappears to a mourning Geppetto, and Sebastian uses his wish to make her revive Pinocchio. Pinocchio returns home with his father, Sebastian, and Spazzatura to live together as a family. Outliving all of his loved ones, Pinocchio decides to travel the world. Dude, there was a lot more to this than I've ever seen of Pinocchio, ever. Dude, right? Like, I, I've never read the book. Like, uh, never read the actual story of Pinocchio. The only Pinocchio that I know is the Disney Pinocchio. That's all I know. I mean, it's my favorite classic Disney film, but that's all I know. Um, so the fact that like this starts off like so much darker, the themes that they have in this are just this movie. I feel is not for kids, <laughs> or at least very young of age. Um, yeah, this is definitely like even preteen kind of feels like a stretch, dude. Right? Like, is this rated PG or is it rated PG thirteen? <laughs> that is an excellent question. Um, let's find out. <laughs> uh, let's look this up. Cause, goddamn, it is P PG. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> What's it rated PG for? That's my question. They better point out how freaking dark this shit is. Oh man, it is. Not a lot. Let's see. Violence and gore, there's not a lot. Uh, profanity, none. Other than some name-calling. Uh, sex and nudity, none. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. Um, and then frightening and intense scenes is moderate. <laughs> I wouldn't put that as the whole damn movie. Yeah. It, it's... It, it's because they get away. Oh, oh, so here's what it's for. Uh, P, it's rated PG for dark thematic material, violence, peril, and some rude humor and brief smoking. Okay, okay, okay. That does sum everything up. But still, this is a very dark CGI, not CGI, stop motion animated film. And I thought freaking Leica got dark with like Coraline and shit. No. That, that <laughs> dude, it was. This was rough. Like I remember when you, like when we were watching it, like it's just it weighs heavy on your soul. Yeah, if you want a happy-go-lucky like movie to watch, go watch the Disney one. Don't watch this one. Yeah, it. Oof. It, it was freaking rough, but I mean, it, the depth that they were able to. Or the things that they dived into were really kind of relevant in a way. Like, it's it's discussing, like, with Geppetto dealing with the loss of his child in a extremely tragic way. And, I mean, 
luckily you don't see anything, but it's just heavily implied that it's just an utter nightmare. Um, so like, so what was happening? It was this, where, where does this take? Is this Italy? I believe so. Okay. So Geppetto's building this, uh, like a statue of a crucified, uh, Christ for his church. And Carlo hit, has like the perfect pine cone that he loses and runs inside the church like right as a bomb gets dropped on on the church by Italian forces because they're just like oh we're just dropping them to drop them at this point like they weren't even a target mm. like that village wasn't even a target it was just they were just trying to lighten their load and ended up bombing this village and I think it was British forces. I don't, I don't know if it was Italian, um, but it was like, at least from what uh, Jim, not Jiminy, I guess the cricket. Like what? What was his full name? Uh, Sebastian something. Yeah, whatever. So basic. So knock off Jiminy. <laughs> Damn. Was was saying that it the the village wasn't even like a target. It was just trying to lighten their load so they could travel further to their destination. And so that's, it was just unnecessary violence that killed Carlo. And it just completely wrecks Geppetto. And he just builds this super crude replica of his child. And, so you're dealing with with that with those emotions from Geppetto. You're dealing with um, the issues that Pinocchio comes across with, constantly feeling compared to Carlo because Carlo was just a, a really cooperative child, and Pinocchio's not. And so you're dealing with all these different aspects of of life that are very pertinent in reality where it's like oh someone's getting compared to their sibling or dealing with the loss of a child um having to choose the easy way of or the easy way of making money versus like knowledge and like all these different aspects of of life that the Disney version just does not get into whatsoever. <laughs> no. Wait, so really quickly, I gotta put this in. So his name actually in the book is not even like Sebastian or Jiminy. It's just uh, Talking Cricket. Um, it, it was the so it was the Disney movie that finally actually like renames the character Jiminy Cricket, and then Guillermo decided to, um adapt the character as Sebastian, Sebastian J. Cricket. Hmm. So, yeah, so it was just talking cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Very original, whoever wrote Pinocchio. Oh, man. But it, it's just the themes that they were able to attach themselves to, like, even, like, the whole life and death situation is just... It's wild. Yeah, can we... Dude, 
like I don't know if that was in the book, but the fact that they introduced this that in this, I kind of wish that that was in the Disney movie because that was such a cool idea, dude. It really fact- was. Like anytime I feel cartoons or just animated movies are able to dive into the the idea of of life and death and the like the yin and yang between the two of them it's just it enhances the movie like a ton and this was no exception it was it was good it was really freaking good um the only thing like honestly that i i would have cut out from this movie would have been uh it being a musical I don't think it needed to be a musical. Yeah, I I, I can agree with that. The only um music, <laughs> and I, wait, did they even have this? I don't think they had the song. Uh, I got no strings to hold me down. They didn't have that in this, right? No, they did not. I, I was gonna say because I think Disney owns that song. Yeah. Um, that's like the only song I would accept in a Pinocchio movie. Yeah. Um. Shit. It's just story wise, dude, I have very, very little complaint. Dude, same here. Other than it being an a musical in an unnecessary fashion. Yes. Uh so for that I'm not docking it too much. Um Honestly, I might be at like a ninety two. You know, I think I'm gonna match you on that. All right, moving on over to writing. This is kind of where I had a, a bigger issue. Okay. Um, and it was mainly due to some of the songs. The songs just didn't. I felt they didn't have a, like a super solid flow to them. It's they felt very jumpy. Like, did you feel that, like, uh, it was a whole, like, oh, you're telling story, way we gotta halt it so they can perform the song. Okay, we're done. Let's carry on. A little bit. It's like they took okay. a small portion of the story and then made a whole freaking song about it, and then it went on from there, when it could have just been, move the story along. <laughs> yeah. Like, it felt like it was, like, the the story was coming to a complete halt. That's why I've, I hate it when people think that musicals are so easy to write. They're not. You have to be able to work the song in to the story and not make it seem like it's halting you from moving on to the next chapter. It has to flow flawlessly into the next segment that you're trying to trying to do. Exactly. So I think this is where the movie suffered a little bit, and I... I would say that that's a story issue, but I do feel like that's more of a writing because the story itself, like if you take out those pauses, like it was really good, had a really good yeah. flow, had a really good, um, like really good everything. It's just if you're getting into the nitty gritty of this, of like what they had to write in, that's one of the issues. It's not necessarily an issue with the story it's more issue with pacing or just like feeling like instead of like a good flow it's just boom pause yeah like we got to do this song real quick and then move on 
Um, I do have a question really quickly. Um, so in, in the, you know, both Disney versions, um, when Pinocchio first comes alive to Geppetto, he's like shocked by it, but he, he just, he, he accepts it. He's just like, Oh my gosh, you're, you're living everything. In, <laughs> in this version, when Pinocchio uh, first comes to life for Geppetto, he literally just doesn't want anything to do with him. He's just like, you're not my son. What the hell is this? How did you feel about that? Like, that is perfectly reasonable reaction to have about a piece of wood that you drunkenly carved one night coming to life. Yeah. And that keeps saying that they're, that uh, he's your son. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you're not completely in the wrong, Geppetto. (laughs) Like, are you out of your mind? Like, that was something that never sat right with me about the original Pinocchio. I'm like, he just kind of accepted the fact that Pinocchio is a talking wooden boy really freaking quick. Yeah, at least with this one, it's... Honestly, he's he's honestly working through accepting Pinocchio as his, as his son throughout the whole movie up until the end. Yeah, like he, he I think he takes like like Ge- Geppetto throughout doesn't really treat Pinocchio like a son until way later. He yeah. like he kind of treats him as a burden he does and And more like really liked that approach yeah like it's just more a responsibility of his than his son or his child because he's just like okay well he had to have like some officials come and talk to him and be like oh well your boy needs to do this or your boy needs to do this and he's like it's not my boy it's like a freaking demon puppet and Can we talk about though, like, why is it whenever like Pinocchio, like, and I, I feel it's this way in the Disney version, maybe, maybe in a different way, but considering that like the townspeople don't come to Geppetto and tell him what to do with Pinocchio, this is Geppetto's own decision. But why is it that it's always, oh, uh, you know, uh, to solve uh, all Pinocchio's problems and you know make sure he's he's good to go, he has to go to school. That's that's the first option. Is that really the only option? Yeah, it's like, okay, well, he was literally alive yesterday, so... <laughs> so, you know, maybe let's treat, like, the first couple days as, um... Or maybe maybe give me at least a year to actually teach him how to act before uh, we put him into, uh, you know, learning. Let's make this, like, it's uh, actual, like, human years. Yeah, for real. Um, shit. Like that, they just covered. S- at least, at least with this, because it was seriously like with the live action one or the Disney version too. It was seriously like next day. With this, yeah, it did feel like there was a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, not a lot more, but just enough more <laughs> for it to be like okay. Now the whole school thing makes sense because it's like he has to learn this or he has to learn that or whatever. Um, 
But I think for a highly religious town, like they set this up to be, I think they jumped off of the demon puppet bandwagon a little too fast for me. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Especially considering when the uh, priest gets mad at Geppetto being like, oh, so you can make that wooden boy, but you can't finish our altar of Christ. What what the (laughs) hell? Dude, that is such a ridiculous argument. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, are you shitting me? Look how crappy he's built. (laughs) I came home. Clearly, tell I was drunk during this. Yeah, I was drunk off of my my ass. You freaking. (laughs) You seen my work? It ain't that shitty. Like, oh my gosh! It's like you know dude. what my skill level is, you you prick, <laughs> dude. Freaking the way that Pinocchio looks, it just reminds me of. Do you remember uh, Seed of Chucky? Uh, when Glenn is telling Ch- uh, Chucky and Tiffany about everything with him, and uh, Chucky's just like, the kid looks like he fell off the ugly tree and hit every branch all the way down. <laughs> oh yeah. Shit, dude. That's exactly (laughs) how it feels with Pinocchio. Yeah, I mean... Dude, it freaking tracks, though. Yeah, right? It was... It was... It was good. The... Like I said, other than, like, the weird pauses, which kind of drops it down... Not like a, a whole ton from story, just enough... Um, yeah. I mean, I would say it knocks it into the eighties. Yeah, that's where that's where around where I'd I'd be sitting. But dialogue wise, it I'm trying to think of anything that was like just odd. And I think my biggest issue, dialogue wise, had to be with uh, uh, Count Volpe. That's fair. Um, I think he, it was him, and uh, what's his name? And Podesta, Pod, hit, like so, him and Podesta pissed me off so much Remind because me who Podesta was uh, Podesta was the Nazi. <laughs> oh, was he Candlewick's dad? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Count Volpe pissed me off because he's just like, oh, like he he's wanting like reparations. Like he didn't stick around to see if ma- like freaking Pinocchio was like would come back to life. Like that would be my first assumption. Like how could he be killed? Yeah, seriously. But he fr- he just freaking bounces and he's yeah. just like, okay, whatever. Like I don't need, I don't need this, and leaves. Uh, freaking Podesta jumps right on it, and he's like, "Aha! I was right. You came back to life." I'm just like, "So you just snatched his body? Like, how the hell that happened?" Yeah, dude, seriously. And then he goes and like trains Pinocchio to be a freaking Nazi, <laughs> uh, which doesn't end up working. Spoiler alert! And then freaking Count Volpe comes out of the freaking woodwork after the the compound gets blown up and he's just like i'm claiming my <laughs> my money and I'm like dude what it it got like real ridiculous real quick yeah 
And I just, I just wanted, it. I'm like, just get to the freaking whale, <laughs> dude. Seriously. Uh so yeah, this this was was dropped a decent chunk for me. Uh, where are you okay. sitting though? I would say I'm at like, I'm gonna say an 86. I might be a little lower. I'm like in an 85 or 84. No, that's fair, dude. No, I get it, man. All right, moving on over to acting. We have Pinocchio slash Carlo. That was voiced by Gregory Mann. Uh, we have Geppetto, who is voiced by David Bradley. Uh, for those of you that don't recognize his name, he is uh, Filch in the Harry Potter movies. Um, then we have Sebastian J. Cricket. Who is voiced by Ewan McGregor? Uh, then we have like a pretty star-studded cast. Um, the priest was voiced by Bern Gorman. Uh, Podesta was voiced by Ron Perlman. Uh, Dottore was voiced by John Totoro. Candlewick was voiced by Finn Wolfhard. Spazatura was voiced by Kate Blanchett, who is a monkey. Spazator is a monkey. For those of you that... I, I just realized that that sounded like I called Kate Blanchett a monkey. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel that there's really good reasoning, though, b- behind why she um, uh, voices a monkey. Because uh, we watched the behind the scenes of this. And uh, apparently after she uh, finished Nightmare Alley with Del Toro, she's like, you have to put me in Pinocchio. And he's like, well, the only role I have left to cast is the monkey. She's like, okay, done. I'm your monkey. <laughs> dude i freaking love Kate blanchett <laughs> i do too she's incredible yeah so she plays the monkey spazatora uh tim blake nelson is in this he voices the uh the death rabbits uh we have christoph waltz who voices count volpe tilda swinton who voices the wood sprite and death uh, and then we have Tom Kenny, who voices Mussolini. <laughs> and then I'm just trying to see if there's any other, like, big names, but I'm not seeing any. So, yeah, pretty decent-sized cast. Yeah, dude, straight up. Um, so what, what does your top three look like? Um, that is an excellent question. Uh, number three... Um, I would probably I would give to Tilda Swinton. Um, she was fantastic as the. They don't call her the Blue Fairy, right? Uh, no, they call her the Wood Sprite, and she and also death. voiced Death. Okay, so she's fantastic as both. Um, I feel Tilda Swinton's voice is so calming. I don't. Know, maybe it's just me. Um, it absolutely is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad I'm not the only one. So the fact that she's playing Death is just like so perfect, as well as uh, the uh, God I already forgot uh, the Wood Sprite um, is just just so great. Um, and she was absolutely incredible in in this movie. Um, so I would give her number three. Uh, number two, I would give to Un McGregor, uh, who played Sebastian. He was fantastic. Um, it's Ewan McGregor, of course. Of course, he was fantastic. Um, I don't know if Ewan McGregor's done a lot of voice acting roles. Um, if he hasn't, he should do more. 
because I feel he does a really good job. I was very pleased with his uh his uh Sebastian J. Cricket. Um, I thought he did a really good job. Um, and then number one, I would give David Bradley, who played Geppetto. I freaking loved him. He was so good. The uh, especially the emotion that he gave uh, when you know first uh, dealing with Pinocchio uh, coming to life, and throughout the whole movie with dealing with oh hey you know this puppet is actually you know my son. I need to not just throw him to the to the waste dump. Um, it's probably a weird way to put it. Um, yeah, no, he he was just absolutely incredible. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't have anything, nothing but good things to say about his um, his portrayal. So yeah, I would, I would put the who plays um Pinocchio again, uh Gregory Mann. So I would, if I had a four, if I had to do top four, I would put him at top. I would put him at number four. Don't get me wrong, he did a great job. Really, really good job for for a kid, but just, and I know this was the point, but Pinocchio was so freaking whiny that it it annoyed the shit out of me sometimes. <laughs> so, so that's why he's not in my top three. He's number four. I know that's what they were going for, and with that, the kid did a fantastic job, but just it got annoying as hell sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. He hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff. Like he's his his IMDb is seriously three items. Damn. Yeah, like a movie where he plays a a character called Young Eli. So I'm assuming it's like a flashback scene. Hmm. Uh, three episodes in the show Victoria, and then Pinocchio. All right. So this was his big break. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As for Ewan McGregor, I like I did get a little curious just to see if he's done any other like voice work. Um, which oh he God, hasn't I'm for so a really long time. I feel so dumb. Wasn't uh, Beauty and the Beast Lumiere? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was the last voice acting thing that he did, or most recent. He's way better in this movie. Yeah. Um. But. He hasn't done uh, any voice acting, other like if you like not including Beauty and the Beast, but he hasn't done any voice acting since two thousand five, where he was in Valiant and Robots. Oh yeah, he played Rodney. Yep. How the hell did I forget that? I freaking love that movie. And then just kind of going back a little bit more. Yeah, that was like the, So he's only done the voice in like four things. Interesting. Yeah, and I think he he definitely needs to do more. He has such a great voice. Um and that's actually why I'm giving him my number one. <laughs> Hell yeah. I really liked his portrayal of uh Sebastian Cricket. Like the narration was just on point. Like every single bit of it. Um my number two this one's hard. I'm probably going to give it to Tilda Swinton. Ooh, okay. Like her, like her wood spray and her death voices were just perfection. Like it was just, it was so haunting the way that she was able to, like she spoke. Like it was so good. 
so freaking good. Like, absolutely no complaints uh, with that. My number three, I'm going to give to Geppetto, uh, voiced by David Bradley. I think he offered a much more interesting take uh, to Geppetto as a character. Like, not not even that long into the movie. Like, I actually started caring about Geppetto more than I ever f- cared for the Disney version. Like, Both either them? versions. Okay. I would say I cared about this, this, ver- him as much as I did, like, the original. Not Tom Hanks's version, though. That That's still a tough sell for me. But... Yeah, he he's been my favorite adaptation of Geppetto. Um, and then, like you, my number four would go to Pinocchio, uh, Gregory Mann. Uh, he was just really freaking whiny and annoying, and I know that was kind of the point. But it was even after we he got to a point where he was supposed to be like the sentimental character that he was still like super annoying. <laughs> Yep. Um, and this is nothing against him as like acting credit, but his freaking the first song that he sings makes me want to like jump off a cliff. <laughs> Damn! It is so freaking annoying, dude. Like I would, I would rather listen to Nails on a Chalkboard. It was such an annoying song. And that's, it's that song alone that makes me feel like they needed to just cut everything musically. Um, so yeah, that's what my, my ranking looks like. Uh, what, what are you sitting at with your acting score? Um, I would say I'm, I'm definitely higher than writing. Uh, overall, uh, the, the main cast was great. The extras were super good. I don't really have any problems um with any 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 of the voice acting everyone did a great job um so uh i'm trying to think let's you know, i'm going to go a solid 90 90's not bad um i'm not quite there yet i i am in agreement with you i am higher than writing um i feel like it for me, it was a lot of the extras that kind of brought things down. Like, I didn't care for Finn Wolfhard's uh, Candlewick. You know what? I actually forgot about him. I'm going to actually knock mine down a point to 89 because of that. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I... So, my acting, I'm, I'm sitting at like an 86. Just a little higher than my writing, but... Yeah. Uh, moving on over to character development. This I thought was really good. Yeah, it was. Um, oh. This I would dare say is on the same level as like story for me. Like the the way that you. And it's kind of hard to do like one or the other, like when it comes to like character development, because it, it, like their stories just entwine so well. It's between Pinocchio and Geppetto Mm. and like Geppetto's eventual acceptance of Pinocchio after dealing with like, cause we see like Geppetto's on like a high 
when he's with his son, like Carlo. And as soon as his son's taken from him, he just drops down into the frickin' dirt. Yep. And Shut down completely, honestly. Yeah, and we see him, like, kind of build himself back up into being open to accepting or giving his love to Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, And that's just, like, a really sweet story in itself and then with Pinocchio we get to see someone who's struggling to kind of find his place in the world but eventually finds it um, after becoming a real boy <laughs> I'm a real boy <laughs> dude that is that is one of the best scenes in that first Shrek movie <laughs> love that scene oh man but it, it's it's a good arc when you get oh, down it, to the nitty gritty of it yeah it, it really is for, for both characters like comparing this storyline to uh, how it is in like both Disney adaptations yeah you get some character growth more so uh, with Pinocchio than Geppetto um, but I just love in this one, you really get both. And like, I, I know it not the best idea to, you know, like I'm trying to work with two character developments, but I feel it's hard to pick between the two. Um, so like just trying to base it off, like combine both into one. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I, I have like little to no problems with this character development. Uh, what Garamo was able to do with it. Truly, truly incredible. Yeah. It's it's interesting the way that he was kind of using the different stories that were being told, like in the the overall adventure that Pinocchio mm-hmm. was on to yeah. bi- kind of use them as building blocks to the Pinocchio that we eventually got. Yes. And like... Like, I really liked when he was in the, the compound and they were training um, and how him and Candle, what is it, Candle Wick? Yep. Yeah. I almost called him Candlestick. Anyway, <laughs> but how him and Candlewick kind of grew a friendship when Pinocchio's innocence was kind of rubbing off on him on Candlewick and realizing that like, Oh, you shouldn't be trying this hard to win the approval of your father. And like talking about their fear or at least Candlewick's fear of death and like all that stuff. It's just, it was just, it was really well done. And then like, eventually you get to see him take a more like firm stance, like, Kind of take like a Candlewick approach where he's just willing to stand up for what he feels is right. And and Candlewick does like the same thing. Like he stands up for what he feels is right and like wants to fight for the affection of his father, which I mean, ultimately ends up in, I'm assuming all of them dying. <laughs> Fair. Um, but still, it's just like building blocks, like I said. It's just we get to see the progression and 
I think Guillermo did a really, really good job at uh, sharing that story. Uh, so character development, I think I'm on the like the same level as story. So I'm I'm, I'm sitting at like a 92. Yep. Gonna match you on that as well. All right, moving on over to effects, which in this segment's partly covering uh, like the animation style, and I think I've expressed this before. I am personally not a big fan of stop motion animation, but I appreciate the art. And I respect that. Yeah, like the artistry that goes into this is just out of this world. It it really is. Just the fact of literally having to move a clay figure just slightly, barely any movement, take a picture move it just a little bit more take a picture just it's it's incredible just how just literally you would you literally spend like a whole day's work just moving a character's arm just up and down for one scene and it it's truly incredible i'm probably over exaggerating here i don't think it would take that long i don't know i'm i mean i i actually maybe it would i i i don't really know um i've never worked uh with stop motion um at all i wish i would i would love to do that um but yeah it it's it it's honestly my favorite type of animation and so whenever i see something like uh like this Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio or anything that Leica does with Coraline or Wallace and Gromit, uh, I'm just in awe, and I appreciate it so much, and I love it so much. Yeah, dude, it it's incredible. Um, I just looked up how long it takes to do stop motion. They say it takes 5 to 10, or every day, they're, they're able to get 5 to 10 seconds of footage done. Holy shit. Okay, yeah. so I wasn't over-exaggerating with the whole hand movement. No, it it's ridiculous. Dude. Oh, it's such a craft, and I love it so much, and I respect everyone that works in this field. Dude, absolutely. And if you watch the behind-the-scenes, it's like they weren't just dealing with one-size puppet. They built no. puppets for close-ups. They built puppets that were, like, extremely small because they... They had to build off of scale. Yeah. And so, like, when they wanted to do close-ups of uh, Pinocchio and uh, and Sebastian, the cricket, like, they had to have the properly scaled pieces. And that was, like, a big struggle of theirs that they dealt with a lot. And they had some that were maybe the size of of your pinky at least when it came to in regards to uh Seba- or yeah Sebastian Cricket like they had one of his that was like the size of your pinky that they had to manipulate and then they had one that was like a big sized puppet and so they had to build a a Pinocchio that was to scale of that Jiminy or the yeah. Sebastian and it looks so cool it is it's ridiculous. I wish they released more of the behind the scenes footage. Dude, me too. Dude, I don't know if this is getting a Blu-ray release. I really hope it does, but if it does, I hope they add more uh Dude. special feature wise with that shit cuz oh, I would love to see more. That would be incredible. Um 
But I mean, animation wise, everything looked perfect. Yeah. Like there, this is. Yeah. I I'm in the high high nineties. I'm trying to think if there's any reason whatsoever to not be at a hundred. I have no reasoning, so I'm going a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any good reason why not to be at a hundred <laughs> as well. Woo! It stop motion is it's just perfect. Like the the amount the attention to detail that you have to have to do something like that is just outstanding. Yeah. It is. So I the the animators get deserve every single one of those points. Yes, they do. Uh, moving on over to music. This is where I have issues. Yeah, same here. I mean, my the the soundtrack. Okay, I'm a little. I need to put try and set my bias aside because I personally did not care for this soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with you. It wasn't that great. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I I'm like I said, I'm trying to set aside my bias because for what they were going for. It wasn't bad. It did kind of put a halt on the story, which you kind of don't want to happen. But the songs themselves weren't bad. They worked with the scene really well. They, I think they got across all the emotion that they wanted to. So, I mean, I might be at like an eight. I can match that. All right, next up we got costumes, which for this is going to be more... Uh, like character design. Um, I actually I did not think that I was going to love uh like the uh character design of Pinocchio because it's so different from what the Disney one looked like. He you know he has no clothes. He's just bare. He's butt naked. Um, even though you know he he's he's made of wood, he's still butt naked. Um, but I ended up falling in love with this design, uh, for what Guillermo, uh, set out to do with this version, this, uh, the way that Pinocchio's Pinocchio is designed is just so perfect. Um, that goes for honestly every character. Um, I have very little problems with the character designs for these, uh, freaking Geppetto looked great. Uh, Sebastian especially looked fantastic. I I don't know what else to say. I don't really have any critiques on the character design. Even um the w- w- wood fairy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wood fairy and death looked amazing as well. Like oh my god, fantastic designs on those two. Um, yeah, I forgot. I I, I loved it all. Uh, so where where are you sitting at with your costume score? Costumes, I would be at a nine. Ooh, damn. Oh, man. My... (laughs) I... Okay. Let me get this out of the way first. Pinocchio, Sebastian, the wood sprites, and, like, the death rabbits, and and basically any non-human character looked amazing. Loved their design. Um... I think Pinocchio has his own iconic look now. Yeah, um, I can agree with that. So I'm, I, I will definitely be giving points for that. 
where I am going to dock. I did not care for uh, Geppetto's look very much. Um, I know that they were sp trying to make him look kind of tattered and dirty and and all that good stuff, and it worked. It like it was fine. Um, like he's probably the the human character that I have the least issues with. Okay. Um, all the other ones like uh, Count Volpe. Or Podesto or Candlewick. Um, I'll even say Carlo when we do see him. I put their design on the same level as the puppets from Lazy Town. Whoa. <laughs> you did not. I, I, I'm sorry. I you had to. Mother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See the the designs in this movie, the way the humans looked, reminded me a lot of um, how uh, Leica made uh, the human the humans look in the box trolls, um, and I actually really liked how they look. I I have a when it comes to like doing this kind of design for humans, I feel I have a soft spot for it. I feel I like it more than others. <laughs> Because a lot of people that I talk to are, are like you, Caleb, where they're just like, it's a hit and miss for me. Um, so, yeah, like I have nothing wrong with, with these designs. I, I feel that they work and um, I, I enjoy them, but th that's just me. They work. Like, I'm not going to argue like that they do or don't work. I just personally feel like they're a lazy town level character design and that is so cold rude i'll take it I, I, I yeah there's no change in my mind there but i will say the the human characters are kind of a smaller part so i will give points where points are due and i I'd, I okay my my real score I'd be at like an eight and a half, but we don't have an eight and a half, uh. So I will happily round up to a nine. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, giving it an eight and like knowing that we would have to round down to an eight would not make me feel good when I know <laughs> in my heart that I would be sitting at an eight and a half. All right, fair enough. Yeah, so we'll we'll uh, we'll bump that. But anyway, uh, all right. Last up, we got our own personal score. Rose, you want to take this one? I would love to. So, this movie was such a huge surprise for me. Um, I had I had intended watching this, um, uh, but when I went up to Georgia, uh, Caleb suggested, "Oh, hey, you know, like let's let's watch Pinocchio together." So I'm like, "Yeah." Why not? Let's do it. And I was so pleasantly surprised of how much I enjoyed this adaptation. It's so different from the Disney uh, versions, but in the best way possible. Um, and it's definitely the best uh, portrayal of uh, Pinocchio uh, of 2022 um, compared to the Disney live action one, which absolutely sucked. Uh, so yeah, I from the the much darker story, its themes 
to the the character design the voice acting just everything is so solid it's so good and i love the direction that guillermo took uh his version of pinocchio he did such an amazing job um see i have i have very little problems with this movie i had such a great time um so i'm pretty damn high i'm at a 96 oh damn yeah I I had a really good time with this movie too. Not nearly as much of a good time as I as you did. <laughs> I'm kind of a Pinocchio whore, so that's apparent. I, I I yeah, I I just love the story of Pinocchio. Yeah, I I'm very hit and miss with the uh the Pinocchio tale. Um it's not one of my first go-tos when it, when I think like classic uh children's stories. Um, even when it comes to like classic Disney, like there are other movies that I would watch before Pinocchio. Um, but it's just mainly because I, I haven't enjoyed that story as much as other people have. Um, but this story was really well done, kind of, uh, reignited my appreciation for the story of Pinocchio. Um, Kind of makes me want to kind of do a deep dive on the character and see how accurate this version is compared to like the original tale. Um, but yeah, like 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 you said, it, it's a it's a good time if you go into it with uh, the expectations that that we had for it. Um, so I might be a little harsher on it, but I I'm still fairly high. I, I I'll be at like an eighty five. Okay. For my personal score. Alrighty. Uh, so with that, um, starting off with story, uh, we started off with a ninety two. Our writing averaged out to an eighty five. Uh, so just kind of a little lower than than story. Our acting got bumped up a little bit, sitting at an eighty-seven point five. Character development got a decent bump, sitting at a ninety-two. The effects just out of this world, uh, sitting at a hundred. Uh, music fairly average, but good, but like like really good. So if we gave it, a, ended up giving it an eight. Uh, the character design or costumes were sitting at a a solid nine and then our personal score averaged out to a 90.5 so with that the final all bros letter grade for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has come to a a minus yes I love it dude I I'm shocked, if I'm being 100% honest here. You didn't think it was going to make A tier? I did not think it was going to make A tier. I thought it was going to be like a super strong B+, but like it's not anything I'm upset about at all, but it surprising. Very surprising. Um, so it's actually, let's see, where is it? Okay. So it it's on the the weaker side. It's uh one of our lower A minus movies. 
but it's so it's sitting at a ninety point two five percent. Okay, yeah, so it like just barely squeaked by. Yeah. So it's sitting perfectly tied with us and soul. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so all those movies are on the same level, and that is not hard to disagree with. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, so going uh so going up, so th- these are other A minus movies to compare this to. So like I said, it's on the same level as Us and Soul. Um setting at a 90.25. So that puts it below 1917, which we had at a 90.37, um as well as Little Women which is at a 90.61. Then it is below Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which are both sitting at a 90.62. It is below Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is at a 90.66. And then finally, it is below Promising Young Woman, which is at a 90.75. Um, going the opposite direction, it is sitting above The Matrix, the first one, which is at a 90.24. And then going into the B-plus range, it is above Rocket Man, which is at an 89.91. It is above The Avengers, which is at an wow. 89.88. Yeah, doesn't that one kind of sting a little bit? <laughs> A little bit. (laughs) Uh, It's above Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is at an 89.87. And then finally, it is above Elf, which is at an 89.85. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too too shabby at all. Um, I will say, I I think I know where it where it scored above the Avengers, and I think it had to do with... uh, with music and maybe the character development. See, I would argue that's hard because, like, I feel the Avengers theme has become so well known that, like, I would arguably give the Avengers um, music like a ten. You are for... out of your mind if you think Bet. that Avengers deserved a ten. Have you heard that theme? Name one other song. Damn it. Okay. That fine, is exactly nine. what I thought. Fine. A nine. <laughs> Dude, you are out of your freaking mind. Let's see Kiss what. my ass. All right. Just for shits and giggles now, uh, I want to see where the Avengers, like, where it actually got its. Uh... Okay. So, music, we were. It's actually tied with Pinocchio sitting at an eight. Should have been a nine. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. So we gave we gave Avengers a higher story. We gave it a high we gave it higher writing, higher acting, lower character development, lower effects, same same music, lower costumes. And our personal score was higher. Okay. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good point. Oh, wait. 
I'm sorry. I I think I said higher character development. It actually got lower character development. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was right. It was it was okay. So it was effects and character development that killed Avengers. Damn. Which is fair. Yeah. I mean, it's valid. (laughs) Doesn't feel good, but it's valid. (laughs) Yeah, true that. (laughs) Oh, but anyway, I think it has a pretty decent home. I agree. Um, So, unless you have anything else to say about this movie. No, I got nothing. Yeah, I do believe that that concludes this week's episode. Uh, so if you like this episode, want to check out more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we are basically everywhere. Um, if we're not, I mean, well, you're if you're listening, you're, if you're listening, you kind of have an idea of where, where we're at, but Point. yeah, I digress. Um, if you want to, uh, to get a little insight on what we do on the day-to-day, I guess. Not really. Uh, we do... You can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, also, TikTok. All at the All Bros. Um, we've actually been somewhat killing it on TikTok, and it's been kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um... If you guys want, you can also check out our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the Bros, where you can find links to everything that we do. Um, and with that, uh, next week, you guys can look forward to us breaking down the next Marvel installment, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, hopefully with a special guest, uh, we'll, we'll figure that one out. Hopefully. But, yeah. So that's something you guys can look forward to next week. Until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we will catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. Nice.